Hello and welcome to Love Mondays Club podcast. I'm your host Helen and I'm here to help you unravel the mysteries of marketing so that you can get more eyes on your business and make more sales. This is the ultimate podcast for online female business owners who are ready to conquer their overwhelm, discover their confidence and unlock the secrets to marketing success. Whether you're just starting out or already running a thriving business, Love Mondays Club is your compass to navigate this ever-changing digital world. Each episode, I'll bring you valuable insights, expert interviews, and practical strategies to help you stand out in a crowded online marketplace. It's time for you to dream big and succeed. I want your Mondays to be overflowing with inspiration, excitement, and setting the stage for you achieving your dreams. So if you're ready, cozy up in your favorite spot and get ready to unlock your business potential. Let's dive in. So last week, it turns out I had a lot more to say on the subject of financial challenges inside our businesses. So I've decided to split the episodes into two parts. So if you haven't listened to episode 69, I recommend going back and having a listen to that. So basically what I'm covering is talking about the challenges that I think lots of us face as businesses and those kind of situations that, you know, maybe sometimes make us feel like we kind of want to give up or question what we're doing in our businesses. So last week I talked a lot about sort of finances and how when we first get started, it can be really challenging. How, you know, sometimes when we're trying to transition between two jobs and roles, kind of working out the logistics of that. And then I just shared a bit of a personal experience of this time last year when, of course, the energy crisis and everything was going on and how that hit us like a sledgehammer and what we did about it and how we got through it. So this week's episode, I'm carrying on talking about these challenges. But what I want to do this week is talk to you more about when you're kind of maybe creating a bit of a monster in your business and you're not really enjoying it and you're having that temptation to burn it all down. And also as well, maybe sometimes situations where you find yourself creating services or working with clients that actually don't really fully align with your values and what to do in that situation. Let's dive in straight away and I'm going to start talking to you first of all about the monster in your business. Again I'm going to share with you kind of personal experiences here just for kind of context and again you know like I mentioned in my last episode one of the reasons I'm doing this sort of double part series now as it is is that you know I find myself behind the scenes having this conversation quite a lot with clients and being honest and sharing my experiences and helping them along the way because again it's that whole thing isn't it you know I want to share some of the mistakes I've made so you don't have to make them yourself or at least help you to get out of the pickle if you find yourself in it at the moment and also as well I just feel like there's not enough honesty about this stuff online you know I think we're quite often sold the dream and everything should be perfect and if things aren't perfect for you that can make you kind of it can knock your confidence a little bit and it might make you feel like, you know, am I doing the right thing? Is it working? Is it normal to feel like this? Is everybody else, has nobody else experienced maybe these worries and doubts? So that's why I'm sharing it with you today to tell you you're not alone. The vast majority of people I think feel like this at some point in their business. So the first one is the monster of almost being too successful, (laughs) which you might sort of cringe at hearing me say that and think, well, Helen, isn't that the dream? Isn't that what we all want? But quite often I find that lots of clients who come to me who, this is maybe more people who sort of join like a few years down the line and join the Accelerate program and they kind of want to, you know, develop their business and grow it. 
a lot of those clients sort of find themselves in a situation where like they've grown their business, it's gone really well, but maybe they've kind of carried through that mindset of when they first started. And again, we all do this. We all experience this. When you first get started, you often take on a lot more work than maybe you kind of necessarily have the time for. And it's it's kind of tricky to say no to people, isn't it? Because again, when we first get started, we want to say yes to everybody, like it's income, it's helping us to grow the business and build it. So then to suddenly be turning down work feels crunchy and uncomfortable and you're leaving money on the table. Now, of course, this is where I, you know, go off on a side note and say we don't want to leave money on the table. It's why we need to have scalable offers in our business. But that's not what this episode is about. I'll talk to you about that another day or remind you about that another day. (laughs) One of the monsters I definitely found, especially when I did one-to-one, was that I ended up basically sacrificing all of my free time in the afternoons, because especially in the education world, I was doing a lot of kind of like that after-school unsociable hours. My Monday to Friday was kind of filled up then it crept into Saturday. Then COVID made this much worse. You know, it crept into Sunday because of course, during lockdown, Sunday was Tuesday, was Friday. Like there wasn't much difference between the days. I found my my boundaries essentially totally broke down during those periods. And, you know, I became essentially sort of overbooked. And of course, the problem with that is that, you know, on the surface, you know, your bank balance looks great, hopefully, and you feel like you're really successful and you're really in demand. But of course, if there's no work life balance going on there, you're going to end up kind of resenting it and not enjoying it and almost feeling like you just want to walk away from all of it and say, no more, it's too much. Ways to avoid this, first of all, is having really strong boundaries in place. So whenever people come work with me, I kind of tell them about this situation I found myself in and I say, you know, that's what I did in my education business. On hindsight, what I then did when I started Love Mondays Club was learnt from that mistake and was really strict with myself. Even to this day, I'm very strict on like, there's only certain days of the week that I'll do calls. There's only certain times of those days that I'll do calls, you know. And again, I use software to help me with that. So for me, Calendly really helps me stick with my boundaries because I just send out that link to people. It gives them my availability. They pick and choose from there. Otherwise, I know if I was having those Kind of conversations with people and doing diary management, inevitably I'd get the, oh, actually, you know, I'd rather do Tuesday at eight o'clock and I'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> be a people pleaser and say yes to it. So for me, you know, having, getting that technology involved and kind of taking rid of the, the human admin side of it has really helped me to build up those boundaries and stop that kind of happening inside Love Mondays Club because I, I know myself, I know I'm a little bit prone to overworking and, and doing all these sorts of things. If on the flip side, you're thinking, that's all well and good, Helen. But what if I'm already in the situation where I'm like up to my eyeballs and I feel like I'm overbooked and no time for myself? Again, I guess this does kind of go back to what I was saying is this whole idea of maybe it's worth sitting down and doing a bit of a review of your business and thinking, have I got myself into a situation where I've maybe hit a bit of a glass ceiling? And I think this happens a lot when people only offer one-to-one because you're just selling your time for money and there's only so many hours in the day and there's only so many clients you can take on. That's one of the things of like creating scalable offers, creating group programs, you know, just trying to be creative in your business and find different ways and different opportunities for people to work with you. That's all an ideal situation, isn't it? But of course, if you're still booked up with those one-to-ones, that's not the dream of what it could look like isn't going to help you in the here and now. But at least having that dream is going to help you to kind of take intentional steps and actions. And I talked a lot about kind of, you know, intentional plans in in last uh, week's episode when I talked about transitioning between roles. So this is very similar. And essentially what it is, you know, when I when I sort of 
moved away from just one-to-one into the group model essentially I went out to all of my one-to-one clients and I told them that I was going to be starting groups and first of all I kind of gently offered it to people and actually you'll be surprised that maybe a lot of your one-to-one clients might actually be really interested in more of a a group model offer because inevitably it's going to be probably a bit of a lower price and actually again like we always say you don't know what's necessarily going on at home for people and that might be something they really appreciate you offering it to them so that's my number one one port of call is just to kind of offer a different service to people but then over time you do have to start putting in deadlines where maybe you're saying to people okay you know come the end of the year or academic year or end of this term or whatever it might be whatever industry you're in you say to people look unfortunately you know things are changing I'm changing my services this is how it's going to look these are the new things I'm offering perhaps our one-to-one time is going to come to an end and then give people a clear deadline and say to them you know because if you leave it up in the air then it'll just keep going going on and they probably won't do anything about it. So sometimes we have to kind of be a bit more assertive with these things and put the deadline in place. But of course, ultimately encourage people to kind of stick around and maybe go and try something different. This is the whole thing about transitioning and doing it slowly. Like if you've got people who aren't sure about maybe a group model, maybe you give them the opportunity to go and trial a group class or something like that on top of it. But like this stuff does take time. It doesn't necessarily happen overnight, but it is 100% possible to kind of gently transition things along like I say because you you won't see that change overnight but give it six months and look back and with those sort of small intentional steps you'll see a huge transformation in your business which is really exciting you know that you have the opportunity to do that the other monster again I've kind of referred to it slightly already is the over promising so again like this is definitely me I think I'm that classic case of somebody who totally overestimates what I can get done in a day and also underestimates perhaps what I can achieve in a year or 10 years or whatever the phrase is. I am definitely a bit of an overpromiser, and I get excited. I think this is my problem is I talk to people, you know, they talk about things they want help and support with. And I, I am guilty of saying, yes, yes, I'll go do that for you straight away. And, you know, there's the other voice in my head that's like, Helen, be quiet. Like, you know, you've got so many other things in your calendar that you're meant to be doing this week. And I think the thing with this, I mean, look, one of it is is boundaries and it's, you know, like catching yourself in these situations and, you know, trying to avoid, trying to avoid being the people pleaser and saying yes to everything. But for me, though, it's not it's not just a people pleasing tendency. Like I genuinely love doing this stuff. It's got to work for you in these situations because you don't want to like over promise and then you end up getting stressed because you've got these big deadlines from a customer service point of view like if you're promising something and then it's not being delivered then they're maybe not getting the best customer experience from you so what I've started doing is saying to people like yes I'll do that for you but then I'll sort of say to them at the end but I'm not quite sure when you know I've got a lot of stuff going on but I just want you to know that it's on the to-do list and it's there depending on the kind of priority level of it um, depends on when it will when it will happen other times sometimes it's also just learning to say no this is something that I found really difficult in the education business but something that we've really had to do and actually this September it sort of reared its head again I think what I found so so for me in the education world we do 11 plus exams it gets very busy in August and then ridiculously busy in September as everyone's sort of having that last minute panic. 
And what we do find sometimes is that classic sort of two weeks before the exams, suddenly we get this like wave of requests coming through, whether it's like extra tuition, extra resources, extra prep, extra sessions, you name it, it gets requested. And again, back in the day, you know, I used to dread September, I'll be honest, because of that kind of last minute panic from other people. You know, I would work sort of every day of the week, every hour of the day. And what I've learned over the years is that like that doesn't serve me and it doesn't serve my clients. And actually, it's one of these things as well. And again, this might be a little bit of tough love, but we know that with our clients, we give them multiple opportunities throughout the year. Uh, We have checkpoints and everything else where we ask, you know, is there any extra support that you want? Is there any extra resources? Things like that. The honest truth is like, we don't have the time, the capacity to suddenly be sitting in September doing all this last minute stuff. So, you know, one thing that we've done in our business is put in really kind of strict boundaries of people and saying, you know, if they haven't made requests by the 1st of September, then that's the deadline. You know, unfortunately, anything after that is unlikely to be accommodated. And actually putting that boundary in place has really helped. Don't get me wrong, people still push the boundaries, you know, that's always going to happen. But by kind of having that, those, again, they're automated, these are like automated messages and scheduled messages that we have going out, putting those boundaries in place really helped kind of protect our time and our energy and meant that, you know, we weren't over promising and over delivering and and getting stressed and and kind of doing stuff very last minute and perhaps a bit unhelpfully as well. (laughs) Okay, so the last thing on my list that I want to talk to you about in terms of kind of challenges that we face in our business. So I've talked about finances, I've talked about creating the monster. Now it's talking about your values. And I think this is a really interesting one and something that a lot of us maybe don't see coming, like in our in when we're sort of building our own businesses, we don't really sort of preempt these situations. Um, but again, I think they do they do crop up. So I want to give you kind of two examples. Again, they're both especially the first one is super personal. <laughs> Second one, not so much. They're basically relating to both my businesses. So one of them, the education, one of them, Love Mondays Club. So I'll start with the education one. So my kind of history with with tutoring and working with students is, as I've kind of mentioned before, you know, when I first started, I was a bit of a jack of all trades, would, would help everyone with everything. You know, I did 11 plus English, GCSE English. I ended up doing a bit of geography tuition randomly, history GCSE tuition, uh, kind of all your humanities subjects. Then I did a bit of 11 plus maths as well. Um, You name it, it was all going on. Now, as you can imagine, that ended up being a massive nightmare in terms of lesson planning and logistics and preparation and all sorts of things. So from a kind of practicality and profit point of view, I decided that I was going to narrow myself down to the 11 plus. So originally I would do 11 plus English and maths and to be honest, verbal and non-verbal reasoning. I did it all. And that was, I guess, one of the first times I really noticed this kind of crunchy, crunchy feeling about what I was doing. Because the reality is, you know, like the 11 plus process um, puts a lot of pressure on kids. There's a lot of work that they have to do. And, you know, again, the business model I had in all truth probably didn't really work very well because I was only doing one hour a week with students, maybe one to one. um, And I was doing both subjects and the volume of work to get through I believe you can't do it in an hour a week. So that, of course, made that quite challenging. 
it wasn't just that kind of volume of work side of it. There was a lot of other things playing on my mind, sort of go back 20 years now. So I did the 11 plus and didn't do as well as I should have done. <laughs> but I did, I did still go to grammar school. But basically what had happened was like, I didn't get the exact, I did really well in some parts of the 11 plus, but not in the others. And I think the result kind of surprised my school and my parents. Um, so what happened was that my, my family in the school sort of appealed. And luckily, I think at the time, maybe we did like SATs in year five. I don't remember. It's very, very long time ago. But there was something about my results that meant that, you know, they were sort of happy with how I was doing. And again, I was fortunate enough to, to live in an area where there was that flexibility that maybe you could appeal things. Um, and I still got through to grammar school and, you know, the rest sort of went on from there. But I think that experience, we know what it's like, you know, young children growing up, these sorts of things, when it happens to them, you know, it can really kind of stick with you. And I remember that that whole sort of process of almost having to fight a little bit to get into the grammar school really stuck with me because it, I guess in many ways, it made me question a little bit as to whether I deserved to have a place there. Now, the reality is when I was at that school, I was never in the bottom set. I always did well. You know, I went on and got all my GCSEs, got my A-levels, got some good grades, etc. But I think that, you know, that experience of not doing well and that kind of pressure really stuck with me. And also as well, another little, oh, this is a little drama context to it as well, is at the same time around doing my 11 plus, this is when, um, so if you've listened to my earlier episodes, I've mentioned before that I have, you know, sort of wonky joints and bones and had lots of operations throughout my life. So probably one of the biggest, most major operations I've ever had was also around that time. So there was a, you know, you know how life events go. There was a terrible, terrible day where I sort of found out that I'd be having this pretty major surgery. You know, I was going to have operations on both my my femurs and my legs at the same time. It was going to be coinciding with when I was meant to be starting secondary school. And also on the day that I was telling my primary school teacher about this uh, was also the day that I found out that I hadn't done so well in the 11 plus. So um, yes, talk about, you know, the sledgehammer coming in again at you. And, you know, what, what that meant, it was it was a sort of very up and down time and quite stressful. And then I did go to the grammar school, but I think I was only there for maybe about a couple of weeks. And then I was off to have this pretty major operation. There were complications with it. So I had to go back in again and then, you know, have stuff redone. So I think in total, I ended up having about two to three months off of school. Which again, you know, when you're in year seven, that's pretty scary because it feels like everyone's there having fun, you know, making friends and you're kind of missing out a little bit. And of course, you know, this is, goodness, what year would it would it have been? But yeah, it must have been about like 2003. So like we had mobiles, but you know, I, I think I maybe had 10 pound of credit, you know, which could send God knows only 20 text messages, who knows what it was. So, you know, it was very hard to communicate and, and make friends and kind of, you know, keep in touch with people. And yeah, I remember the pressure and the stress uh, that I felt around that time and it definitely sort of hung over my head a little bit when I went through school and made me kind of I guess feel like I needed to prove myself a little bit and made me doubt myself as well there was a lot of kind of self-doubt that went on there that I guess is quite a negative memory but there are positive things that came out of this so that primary school teacher I had she was a very amazing lady and very supportive and an incredible teacher and you know she she sort of really g'd me up and sort of kept me going and, and made me like not worry about it you know, she sort of really emphasised to me that it wasn't the end of the world, what was going on and what would be would be. And then when I did get into the school, I remember I had this amazing French teacher who was, you know, like very upset for me that I was going to be missing all of her lessons. And, you know, she really went out of her way and she created, I remember, I think I even still have them, probably my poor parents
parents loft uh, somewhere stacked away she created these amazing packs for me and you know she recorded all these cds and again like we're talking 20 years ago so the technology wasn't like amazing like it's not like now how you can some of the teachers now i know are creating podcasts and things for their kids but you know she kind of really went out of her way and she recorded all this stuff for me just to make sure that i wouldn't miss out on things now the reason i'm telling you this kind of story about all of this is because that little experience always really stuck with me and when i then started doing my own 11 plus tuition so fast forward i found myself in this position where i was like you know i was working with kids who were getting really stressed and really anxious and they were getting really overwhelmed by the whole 11 plus process and it just gave me this crunchy horrible feeling that made me kind of want to back off a bit and be like you know what I don't want to be a part of this like I know what it's like to to kind of go through this stressful experience before you go to secondary school and actually I don't think it's overly helpful you know the fact 20 years later I'm still sat here talking about it kind of tells you what impact that had on me growing up (laughs) this I guess sort of like really got me questioning what I was doing now again the positive side of this is that, you know, I, I noticed that crunchy feeling and I really went away and kind of unpacked it and thought about it and reflected on like what it was that I liked about the role I had, but also what it was that I didn't like. And actually, I think this whole experience and this reflection is essentially helped me to totally transform my business into one now that I feel really comfortable about what we do, you know, very proud of kind of what we've built. Also, really importantly, now attract the kind of ideal clients that I want to work with so you know for me I still want to help kids with the 11 plus because you know I want to be in there being maybe a bit of a different voice I want to be someone who's supportive but not pressured you know for me it's not about you know we're not one of these education businesses that kind of go on about our success rate you know we don't necessarily sort of like brag about these things too much don't get me wrong we're super proud of the kids that do really well but we also don't cherry pick just the best kids to work with you know we will support anyone who wants to go through the process whether they want to work hours a day and really throw themselves into it or if they just want to you know come for a weekly lesson have a bit of a top up and see what happens on the day and we we find that we now sort of attract that different sort of spectrum of kids and families and you know different kind of different wants and needs for it all but again you know what we've also done is created a business and a service and this is what happens in our membership where a bit like what that French teacher did for me all those years ago. You know, she spent time creating resources, recording things and just making it really accessible to me. So, you know, of course, again, for me personally in that time, it's obviously a bit different comparison, but like... I was at home and I was unwell and I was up and down. So some days I wanted to do the work, some days I didn't. But having that kind of bank of stuff there gave me that flexibility. And I guess that's something I've kind of wanted to carry and transfer through into my own education business is one, you know, giving my families the opportunity to dip in and out when it suits them, but also, you know, tapping into what that primary school teacher I had did for me and just giving that reassurance and knowing that, you know, this is not the end of your life if it doesn't work out you know like the world will keep on turning it's not the be all and end all there are some families out there who don't want to hear me saying this you know and 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 the honest truth is it like I was a bit scared to say it at first but the honest truth is it means that I'm probably not the right person to help them and that's fine because there are lots of other people out there who you know are a lot more kind of results focused and things like that so I think I think guess the sort of moral of this story is that it's really important to make sure that like your business 
really reflects like your values and what you believe in and what you feel. Because, you know, what I knew and found was that when I was getting myself in a situation where I felt like I was really pushing the kids and really trying to, you know, like meet these expectations of parents who almost wanted like a guaranteed pass mark, um, it made me miserable. You know, it put so much pressure on me. I hated the pressure that I was putting on the kids. Now, fast forward a few years, after all this kind of reflection and change and different processes that we put into the business, we now have something that's, you know, a lot more relaxed, a lot more supportive, and actually, to be honest with you, probably a lot more effective than what it was all that time ago. That's my first little share and story with you there in terms of values. And I guess the other one, not such a long story really, but the other one is also thinking about Love Mondays Club and kind of how I've marketed and grown that over the past few years. So, I think it's one of these things. And and again, you know, this this also definitely translates into the education business as well. But there's definitely a lot of pressure, isn't there, when you're online on social media to kind of show up and almost appear kind of semi-perfect, you know, and just talk about all the wonderful things that are going on and all the success and all that kind of stuff. But but we know, don't we, that those few times that we step out of our comfort zone and we post something that's maybe, you know, a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more honest, nine times out of 10, those are actually the posts that get the most engagement. Because I think most of us actually desperately crave that, that honesty and that reality online. And again, you know, I guess that's why I'm kind of doing these podcast episodes because whilst I'm always sharing with you success stories and all the great stuff we do behind Love Mondays Club and my education business, there's also a lot of this other reality that I've kind of shared over these last two episodes with you. Like I said, it's a delicate balance as well because it's it's difficult sometimes to know when to be honest, when you're maybe being too honest <laughs> and getting the timing right. You know, there's a, there's a very fine art with this. And, and this is why I sort of said back in earlier on the podcast episode that it's unlikely that I will talk to you maybe be about sort of like personal things that are going on at the moment because I just don't think that's that's helpful for you you know whereas it's better if I can kind of share experiences with you where I've sort of come out the other side and talk to you about you know what I did about it and and how we sort of solved the problem Um, and again you know whatever your business is I think that it's always good to kind of share your honest experiences but there's a little phrase in um in the counseling world and it's like share your what is it share your scars not your wounds and I think that's a really important thing to remember to to kind of protect yourself as well. So being honest, but making sure that, you know, you're in a safe, happy and comfortable place in your life that you're happy to talk about these things. I think it's an, an interesting one. And this is kind of a bit of an insight into what my plans are for 2024. I've really grappled with In Love Mondays Club with my my job title. <laughs> I know it sounds like a bit of a silly thing, but I kind of joked to somebody the other day that sometimes I feel like I have a bit of an identity crisis, you know, when people sort of say like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I do, I do so many things. I help with so many different things. And I think in the beginning, I definitely used the word coach because do you know what? It just felt quite, I don't want to use the word generic, but it felt like it covered all bases. But interestingly, again, all the way from the beginning, when I used the word coach, I had a little crunchy feeling that I was a bit like... But I don't technically, you know, have that kind of like full coaching qualification. Now, don't get me wrong. When I looked at the qualifications and kind of the syllabus of it, I realized that actually all of my teaching experience, the qualifications that I have in counseling skills, you know, all of that was sort of very similar to what the kind of coaching qualification was. And a lot of these coaching qualifications felt very generic as well when I looked at them. And it made me sort of feel a bit like "Mm, I'm not actually sure 
how much this is going to sort of like, you know, input and value to me right now. So you might have, you know, if you followed me for a while, you might have noticed that I actually kind of transitioned a little while ago into rather than saying coach, I'd say mentor, because also I think that better reflects what I do. You know, it's not necessarily just coaching, but it is actually more mentoring and like teaching and training and actively showing people how to do things. But interestingly, though, I will be going back to that word coach next year. But this time with a whole new approach, because the plan is that I'm going to go away and do some like really specific coach training because I'm really interested in, I guess, the sort of psychology side of it. And for a lot of us, you know, I I know, again, for most business owners, a lot of us like self-doubt and things like that, it shows up for us quite a lot and it can hold us back. And for me, that's something that I really want to help and support you and my clients a lot more with. And I want to talk about it a lot more on the podcast. So that's something I want to go away and kind of upskill myself in a bit more, give myself a bit more of a toolkit and kind of come back to that. And again, you know, this is a this is a very honest share with you and I feel a little crunchy saying it to you, but it's the truth, you know? And I think that it's it's a lot of people go through this like when they're building new businesses and they're kind of adapting their services and working out exactly what it is and who they want to be. Your LinkedIn kind of uh job title might change every couple of months but that's okay like I think the main thing is is that your clients are happy they're getting good results you know you're delivering a good service you're getting lots of positive feedback that's what people are looking for at the end of the day and that's been the kind of number one thing that I've always you know judged on with my business and again you know back when I was looking at those other qualifications a year or two ago I think you know again I think in the the education world there's a lot of there's a lot of feeling of like, oh, you know, you 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 must go away and do all these qualifications before you can maybe start a business or have a go at doing things. And yes, I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying something here that's maybe a bit controversial and I could ruffle a couple of feathers. And of course, this is all totally dependent on, you know, what the training is and what the services that they're offering and all these sorts of things. But I guess... What, I, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes I've realised with people that we kind of almost hold ourselves back and we say we don't have a go at doing things or, you know, we actually, I think, I guess the phrase is we don't, we underestimate our skills and our ability to do things and we feel like we have to go away and do, you know, a million different training courses before we feel qualified to do something when actually most people I meet are generally overqualified and already really good at the skills they're talking about and actually going and doing yet another qualification might actually not be what they need. Um, It could actually just be more of like a self-doubt thing. Like I just said, it's more about that confidence of putting themselves out there. But yes, so that is that is my my plan for next year is to go away. My my word for next year is probably going to be something like knowledge or something like that, you know, or skills. And I want to go and learn a lot more stuff so that I can add to my mentoring and training and bring in a real kind of coaching element to it and helping people with maybe more of the mindset side of things that can can kind of challenge us and hold us back. I hope you found this really helpful. Like I say, I've shared a lot of personal stuff in here with you, but it's also because I want to be honest. I want everyone to know that, you know, like behind the scenes, it's not always perfect for everybody. And if it's not perfect for you, then you're 100% not alone in all this stuff. So if at the moment you're looking for mentoring and training support, (laughs) coaching will come next year, but the mentoring and training side, and you want to learn a bit more about marketing, and you want to learn more about the kind of skills of scaling up your business and sort of growing it and you've got some big plans for 2024 then I would love to chat to you about all of that so as always if you're interested in having a bit of a discovery call and finding out about how we can work together then the link is going to be in the 
show notes. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening and I will see you in next week's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Love Mondays Club podcast. Don't forget to review and subscribe or share this episode with one of your business friends. Have a great week and I'll see you next Monday.